Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us for the ASHP Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. This series focuses on leadership topics within pharmacy practice, including the business of pharmacy, development of leadership skills, career transitions, and more. The comments and opinions shared today are those of myself and our guests. My name is Kristen Thompson, and I will be your host. I am a current PGY2 ambulatory care resident at Mercy Springfield with practice sites in our family medicine and internal medicine clinics. Today, we are joined by two inspirational leaders to discuss one key to a strong leadership team. That strategic key is succession planning. Daniel Good is the Vice President for Acute and Hospital-Based Pharmacy Operations at Mercy. He has precepted hundreds of students and residents and has hired and led many clinical pharmacists and pharmacy leaders. Amanda Troop is the Clinical Manager and Residency Program Director at Mercy in Springfield, Missouri. She is both the successful recipient of Mercy Succession Planning and a successful leader. She utilizes this background to precept emerging leaders in pharmacy. Mercy is a 38-hospital health system that is a top-five IDN with over 900 clinics and locations in five states in the Midwest. There are over 100 leadership roles in the system of 1,400 Mercy coworkers. There is key need for leadership succession planning. Welcome, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you for the introduction, Kristen. It's great to be here and to be recording this topic. Thanks for making this available to us. We appreciate it. Well, thank you, guys. Let's jump right in. Daniel and Amanda, our first question today is regarding workforce design. Daniel, can you describe what is your approach to pharmacy workforce design? Thank you, Kristen. First, it's important to build and foster a strong culture with an investment in people. Our goal at Mercy is really to optimize talent and allow those practitioners to practice at the top of their license. It's a big focus on engagement and retain our coworkers. And as you described, we're a pretty large organization with over 1,400 coworkers, and we have a need for many leaders. Our pharmacy leaders report up through our chief pharmacy officer who reports to a chief medical officer that has responsibilities over five states. And we have both full-time and part-time and PRN practitioners. And with a couple of three big cities in our community areas, we have regular seasonal turnover and it's important for us to be prepared to have not only formal big L leaders, but also the little L informal leadership as well. We take advantage of our affiliations with the local schools of pharmacy, and we currently have nine residency slots across our system that help feed our needs. So we like to blend both an internal growth development process with an external fresh talent acquisition process. Amanda is a great example of a pharmacy leader that has grown within our system and has great success story to share. Thank you, Daniel. I started at Mercy as a pharmacy resident myself, and I had the the opportunity to be mentored by my RPD and other preceptors within the Mercy system to learn about pharmacy as well as non-pharmacy areas where I could implement leadership skills and impact patient care. After residency, I took my first position in leadership as a supervisor, opening a new hospital that specialized in orthopedics. And I continued to be mentored by then the clinical manager and other non-pharmacy leaders as I interacted with them at that site. 
What I learned throughout residency training and mentorship that I had myself was to help our technicians function at the top of their license and be able to delegate decision making when I was present or wasn't present to instill that investment in people that Daniel talks about and really help people feel fulfilled and present in their careers. So a lot of that came from investing in resources in that coworker development and having time with coworkers one-on-one. And then also through the hiring and interviewing um, lessons that I learned there. I think as a new leader, I started out looking for that diamond in the rough with every interview. Anyone could be a potential great candidate. And then Mercy developed more tools to help me find the right fit for our organization. And that allowed me to have the synergy to grow those coworkers within my department and area of oversight as a supervisor. About five years ago, I moved into the clinical manager position and was able to take this to the clinical specialist role and really help them see their, their functioning in the department and in our hospital as that little L leader within their clinical specialty. So they were encouraged to foster training and development of those under them, which was already in place with the residency program. We went on to carry that further into our staff pharmacists and other coworkers and techs within the department. And more recently, I became the RPD of the PGY1 program. And again, focusing on the preceptor development opportunities, uh, optimizing the talent within that to engage and retain coworkers and really make those transparent, make the residency events uh, transparent so that we could develop and invest in all of our department coworkers. Thank you for sharing, Amanda. It's wonderful to hear how you felt invested in with Mercy, but also how you continue to invest in others. With that being said, from both of you, your description of creating a culture that values your workers and optimizes talent is an environment in which I anticipate many workers seek out. However, this is going to come with challenges as well. With that being said, how do you achieve success in that workforce design? Yes, so I think mentioned earlier, we talked about the investment in people and the resources that Mercy gives us to find that organizational fit. So it starts with our our interview process and hiring process and how we onboard coworkers, really meeting with them within 30, 60, and 90 days of their hire, and more frequently if needed, then after that, at a minimum, meeting with our coworkers one-on-one every 90 days. And that one-on-one process is one that I've really come to enjoy personally. It's an opportunity for coworker nurturing, as well as identifying their goals, their aspirations, their development opportunities, and crucial conversations if they're needed as well. So that meeting frequently depends, excuse me, depends on job responsibilities. I use a question and answer template called How's Your Five that Mercy has published out on our website. And it talks about the five areas of wellness. And so that lets me get to know the coworkers. It gives them an opportunity to share what is going on um, in their personal lives as much as they want or as little as they want, and really create that culture of emotional safety for discussing goals, needs, and new ideas for that nurturing component. 
Another area that really helps with this are some of our reference documents focusing on just-in-time training and ownership through our leaders, our lead, excuse me, our lead technicians and our clinical specialists, creating resources that allow delegation while still upholding a strong standard of excellence for patient care, and then follow-up conversations that reinforce how are those tools used, were they helpful, and getting the input of all of our coworkers to improve on the tools and decision-making support that they need. Thank you, Amanda. I appreciate hearing your thoughts from a local leader um, implementation level. Daniel, what are your thoughts from a system leader implementation perspective? As Amanda described, it's about that relationship building, those one-on-one meetings, those check-ins, and those formal performance reviews we do each year. We work with individuals to identify appropriate projects for them, whether it be with policy and procedure or maybe a pharmacy and therapeutics committee, medication use evaluation, things like quality assurance projects, or even training a new coworker or precepting one of the students are opportunities for that individual to grow. The project may be as simple as identifying where to relocate a printer within the department, or maybe as complex as changing our oxytocin injection concentration for the entire system. The key is to align that opportunity and set that individual up for, for growth. This isn't typical busy work that we just make up, but rather these are real life needs of the department and they're real life examples of things that have to get done. And that adds to the meaningful experience of that individual. Thank you for sharing your thoughts about how Mercy continues to help with their workers and continue to grow. I'm going to go ahead and move us along to the next question. So for professional mentorship within a health system, this is vital for continued growth and advancement of the coworkers. Therefore, what tools do you have available to you? Oh, Kristen, this is the key to success, right? We try to align those resources available to maximize their synergy of, of the different tools available. And, and as Amanda described, it starts even at the point of hiring. When we go through the employment process with them, we get them set up as to what their skill sets are. We use a talent assessment at that in-hire that helps identify how they work under stress, how they work with others, how they communicate, how they focus, and what kind of attention to detail they have. And then for our new leaders, we run them through a very typical supervisor or leadership training that teaches them the nuts and bolts of how to do payroll and how to hire and all those different details. But the real strength that we have at Mercy, I think, is is through what we call a formation process that really focuses on the why and the heritage of Mercy. It helps build that buy-in process of a commitment. Why are they there? Why are they committed to patient care? This builds that commitment not only from mercy to the coworker, but it also builds that commitment of the coworker back to mercy. One of the other tools that I like to use in, in my practice, especially with the residents, is the ASHP Leadership Academy tools. Both the video and the podcast there are great tools to stimulate conversation and um, make available for our students and our residents. Plus, I think our residency program that Amanda described is a great way to build that succession planning. And it's been most valuable for us to not only be a recruiting tool for clinicians, but also a recruiting tool for our emerging leaders. And finally, it's that mentorship process that we go through, that one-on-one relationship that we're building with those emerging leaders and how we can customize those opportunities for them to have growth experiences and to build their leadership ability as they work their way into their career. Thank you, Daniel, for sharing with us some of your thoughts on how you not only help your employees, but also your residents focus on how they can continue to grow. Amanda, how have you applied this in your practice? 
Thank you for that question, Kristen. Yes, a lot of it has to do with the formation and mentorship classes that Mercy offers. Whenever I'm asked by someone who's interviewing with us what support I get from Mercy in order to train in these leadership experiences, that's the number one thing that I mention. And one of the things that comes out of that is the phrase, go and do likewise. So what we have learned in those classes and formation and our commitment to the organization is how will we take that and replicate it? And so that succession planning is built right into that foundational structure of the organization. So when we lead department huddles, when I have meetings with our clinical specialists and we're meeting as a team, we open with formation and we talk about how how can we share our best practices? How can we go and do likewise? And do that for the pharmacists within our scope, the nurses within our scope, the physicians, the patients that we are wanting to impact and improve their their care and their health outcomes. The other thing that stands out to me are the synergy and the resources that we have. So speaking about the formation and mentorship, but then also a lot of the requirements that we have for preceptors within ASHP, we have also incorporated into a pharmacist career ladder, and that helps us identify what the standards are for our preceptors for good patient care and excellence in pharmacy practice. And that allows me as a leader to be consistent in really working those things in throughout those one-on-one sessions, like we talked about, the one-on-one time and investing in our coworkers. And then that also allows us to, again, allow the technicians to practice at the top of their license. So these tools and the synergy in those tools really help us to be consistent throughout all levels of the organization to make succession planning part of our culture. Thank you for sharing, Amanda. I really appreciated your point on how we how can we do likewise, because I think that's that's key not only for Mercy, but just in healthcare in general for us to continue to improve. So you have both highlighted key ways that Mercy utilizes its leadership structure to ensure workers are valued and mentored. You both continue to hold leadership positions within Mercy. Can you share with us some examples of success stories in your practice setting? Well, I sure can, Kristen. I think Amanda is a perfect example of a success story for Mercy and how she's worked through not only being a emerging leader, but now is in the position to actually uh, pay it forward and, and help others in her mentorship process. But let me tell you about a couple others as well. Someone I'll refer to as RJ started with us as a student and soon after graduating from school, started working for us as a clinical staff pharmacist, but with their identified emerging leadership skills, took on projects and quickly was identified to be an evening shift supervisor. And from there went on to actually be a director in one of our Mercy facilities. A great example of how we've used our internal Mercy tools, as well as some of the external training that they received along their journey. Another one I'd like to share is an example that came from the outside. It's kind of a crazy story that um, actually met this individual at a fast food restaurant with a baseball team that was there serving, you know, uh, dozens of, of, of hungry youth on, in the middle of a, a tournament, but identified her as having some skills of managing people and managing a process at the same time and actually gave her my business card and ended up hiring her as a pharmacy technician supervisor. We trained her in one facility and then moved her to the other to actually be a supervisor over other technicians. And through the process of that internal development of giving the chance to um, use her her talents that she came with, but also developing those talents of working with others through project and through leadership training, she was able to develop into a a pharmacy technician manager and is successful to this very day. Amanda, what examples do you have from your career? 
Yes, thank you, Daniel, for giving that description of the internal and external. And for my career personally, again, I was an internal hire from the residency into leadership roles. And I really had great opportunity to be formally and informally mentored. So I got to witness that culture and that example firsthand of what that mentorship looks like in order to grow someone into new capabilities and new responsibilities as well, which helped prepare me for the different positions that I've had in the organization. I really like to take that and model it for our technicians as well as preceptors and clinical pharmacists and clinical specialists that work in our department. A few success stories that come to mind are early on in my career when I was still learning the leadership ropes as a supervisor. I had a very dedicated technician who wanted to grow and wanted to do new things, and we had to learn how to communicate. And that's really where I learned most how to find out what it is that someone wants out of their career and what's driving them to come to work and be happy and successful there. And this particular staff technician ended up becoming a tech specialist and a lead tech. And when I was out for several months on maternity leave was running the operations of the department because of our ability to work together and his ability to be receptive to that mentorship as well as he sought it out. Other examples include past residents who went into an evening staff pharmacist role and now have become lead clinical pharmacists in their area and primary preceptors for core rotations for our residency. And it was a reminder to me that sometimes even if they have a coworker has all of the tools and support, they might not be ready for that much responsibility. And that was a good lesson for me in succession planning as well, that this coworker wanted that opportunity and was very capable, but it wasn't the right time in their life. And that's why that coworker connection and investment is so important. And they're really excelling today and enjoying where they're at in their career. Other examples I can think of are those who have come to Mercy externally and they had residency training and worked as a clinical pharmacist, but wanted something different and challenging, but weren't really looking to grow as a clinical specialist. And they were actually, uh, this individual, she was my session plan for the supervisor position when I found out that I would be moving into the clinical manager position. And that was the first opportunity to formally mentor someone through that succession planning role and ensure that handoffs were good and they had the support they needed and then move into my new role. And that person is now Um, actually in a management position and we're working very closely together. So that's been a fun journey to be on um, with that individual. So there, there are a lot of success stories we can share from internal and external from our organization. I think this feeds back into the example that um, that mentorship and that succession planning is really built into the core of our organizational values. Thank you, Amanda. I appreciate both of you and all of your success stories, not only with Mercy externally, but internally as well with our coworkers and our residents. I would like to transition us in the time that we have left to focus on any final suggestions, advice, or thoughts that either of you would like to share with the audience. Well, Kristen, I think it's important that we are deliberate and we're very coworker focused. We need to be able to customize a succession plan based on that coworker's aptitude and their interest. It's about finding their professional purpose, finding something with worthwhile work and how to make a difference in their career. 
Yes, I would echo that and add to it that just comes from a personal passion of mine. The thing that I enjoy most about leadership is seeing people grow when they know that their voice is being heard and that they can make a difference in the care that they're providing or what they're doing in their work. And just as we're all called to help, called to healthcare to help patients, and we sought out healthcare because we have nurturing spirits and want to help others. As leaders, we can find that same satisfaction in helping the coworkers be satisfied and engaged in their calling to patient care throughout their careers. Thank you, Amanda, and thank you, Daniel. You both have highlighted so many key points for key succession planning, as well as how Mercy does it with our growth mindset and also ensuring that our coworkers are valued and what they want and their why is highlighted. So thank you. That's all the time we have today. I want to thank Amanda and Daniel for joining us today to discuss successful succession planning in the pharmacy. Find more member-exclusive content, including resources for self-development, leading pharmacy enterprises and teams, and practice management on the ASHP website. Thank you for joining us, and if you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the at ASHP official podcast. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.